Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This morning, new COVID cases in Victoria as it emerges two cases that led to extended lockdown were false positives. Planning underway for a quarantine facility in Melbourne as Canberra gives the green light to funding. An international drug syndicate smashed after a complex sting with police seizing hundreds of kilograms of cocaine. And rugby league legend Bob Fulton farewelled at a state funeral in Sydney. This is 7 News with Sally Bowery. Good morning. Health officials in Melbourne are pushing ahead with the city's second week of lockdown, despite crucial cases in the outbreak being declared false positives. Blake Johnson's in Melbourne for us today. Blake, there's concern with some of the new cases there. Sally, the four cases are linked and already in isolation. However, we've just found out three are a new variant we have not seen spread in Australia. Those three relate to the family who tested positive after holidaying in Jervis Bay. Still unclear where exactly they picked it up, but we're now told it's possible that infection happened there and not Victoria. The Delta variant, which is the two adults and one child showing, is predominant in India and the UK. Our chief health officer says there's anecdotal evidence younger people get more sick from this particular variant. It has not been linked uh, to any sequence cases across Australia uh, from hotel quarantine or anywhere else. Uh, so it has not been linked uh, in Victoria or any other jurisdictions. Two other cases have been declared false positives, one from a display home, the other from an outdoor dining venue at a Brighton pub. They were crucial in the decision to go into lockdown, but their reclassification won't change lockdown dates yet. The public health team says there are still eight other cases of stranger-to-stranger infection at other public sites. Sal? All right, thank you very much. Blake Johnson there for us. Australians are being assured the whole country will benefit from a new purpose-built quarantine hub in Victoria that's received the green light. It's being discussed at this morning's National Cabinet meeting of Prime Minister and Premiers. Live to political reporter Olivia Leeming in Canberra. Olivia, when will construction begin? Well, Sal, hopefully by September and the new quarantine site should be up and running by January. It's a 500-bed facility near Avalon Airport and the layout, the ventilation designed specifically to stop the spread of COVID amongst returning travellers. The federal government has agreed to invest $200 million to build it and the Victorian government will pay for the running costs. Acting Victorian Premier James Molino welcoming the decision. Both the PM and I have signed a memorandum of understanding uh, and we're going to get cracking and deliver this facility. This is a very, very good outcome for Victorians and for all Australians. 
And Olivia, the federal government's new COVID relief payments will be available next week. Yeah, this is up to $500 a week, not just for Victorians affected by the latest outbreak, but for all Australians, any state that goes into lockdown for more than a week. The states are set to agree to a new system, a national system of natural disaster payments, but it will only be available for Australians with less than $10,000 in savings and only if the Commonwealth agrees that the lockdown is warranted. Also on National Cabinet's agenda today, the Prime Minister asking the Premiers to consider making it compulsory for all aged care workers to receive a COVID vaccine to not only protect nursing home staff, but also residents. Sal? All right, thank you very much, Olivia. There have been no new cases of COVID-19 recorded in New South Wales, but concern over the Melbourne family that travelled to the South Coast has increased with that news that they have the Delta variant from India. Anyone at exposure sites already identified in Gundagai, Goulburn, Jarvis Bay, Huskinson, Himes Beach or Vincentia have been asked to get tested and isolate. More than 22,000 people were tested in the past 24 hours. Queensland is hoping that thousands of people will get vaccinated this weekend. Joel Dry is at a vaccination hub in Brisbane. Joel, there's a statewide blitz with new vaccination hubs opening. Good morning, Sally. Yes, three new community-based vaccine centres like the one where I am this morning will join 15 others around the state to create 18 total facilities that will be open this weekend, 10 of them, in fact, on Sunday as part of this weekend COVID blitz. The government is hoping to get 15,000 jabs administered, with the focus really being on aged care workers. They're hoping to get all of them done so they can then open more broadly to the public. Also part of this weekend, though, is the age group 40 to 50. 50s. They are being encouraged to come forward, but the key message is you must go online to get a booking. Unlike some previous days where we have seen big lineups, they had been accepting walk-ins. An edict has come from above, no more walk-ins, it is only by appointment. So today things have been running fairly smoothly, no lines, fairly orderly, and we spoke to some patients after they went through the process. The booking was very easy. Within eight hours I received the registration link again for the detailed slot booking. Well, that was okay. Um, a little bit painful, like uh, sting, but otherwise it's fine. So the much talked about mass vaccination hubs, they are when anyone will be able to walk up and get a vaccination. In Queensland, they're not expected to come online until October. Okay, thank you, Joel. Police have smashed an international drug importation ring, arresting three men in New South Wales and charging them with conspiracy to import $900 million worth of cocaine. Amelia Brace is outside police headquarters in Sydney. Morning to you, Amelia. It certainly was an elaborate operation. Yeah, it was, Sally, spanning the Pacific Ocean and involving both Australian and American authorities. It was also a long investigation starting early last year when police were tipped off that someone had gambled $100 million in just one week at Sydney's Star Casino. After profiling that person, New South Wales police then alerted American authorities who intercepted two vessels carrying the cocaine. The drugs were then swapped out with a fake substance planted in a storage lot in the New South Wales Hunter region. Two men were arrested yesterday when they tried to access the fake drugs. Tactical operations group officers working with aerial surveillance dropped the net and arrested three individuals. Two were arrested on site, a 42-year-old Mortale man 
and soon after in a car park, a 37-year-old Rockdale man Sally, this is the biggest drug plot ever intercepted by New South Wales police. The cocaine had a street value of $900 million and police say it would have supplied the Sydney drug scene for a year if it had have been allowed onto the streets. OK, thank you very much, Amelia. Well, we have some breaking news just in now. And political contender Michael Daly has quit the leadership race for the New South Wales state opposition. The decision announced moments ago will see former Shadow Transport Minister Chris Minns lead the New South Wales Labor Party. Party members were set to nominate in a leadership vote at a caucus meeting today. One of Rugby League's greatest ever players, Bob Fulton, is being farewelled at a state funeral in Sydney today. Matthew Carmichael is outside Sydney Mary's Cathedral and Matt players past and present have come together to honour the manly legend. Good morning, Sally. Well, describing it as the who's who of Rugby League doesn't even begin to explain the turnout here at the state funeral for Bob Fulton today. Whether it's legendary teammates, all the players that he mentored, media heavyweights and manly fans who have even brought grandkids along to farewell Bozo. Bob Fulton, one of the original four immortals of the game, the only person to play captain and coach in a premierships and winning Ashes series for Australia. Of course, he was known for his absolute ruthlessness on the field, or in the back rooms of rugby league, a quiet determination. It's the same way he fought cancer and uh, until he passed away, age 74, it absolutely stunned so many people, even those players who had been so close to Bob Fulton. Yeah, it certainly is. It's, uh, it's a tragedy in itself, you know. Um, a great man there, um, unexpected, I suppose. Um, that's probably the, the bad reason it's just popped out like that and just unbelievable. Um, I just can't believe he's not here. After eulogies from the likes of Ray Hadley and Alan Jones, Bob Fulton will be farewelled from St Mary's Cathedral through a guard of honour of every single Manly player and also the New South Wales State of Origin team. A gesture insisted on by Jake and Tom Trebojevic, two current Manly stars that were really influenced by Bob Fulton, proving how close and how powerful he was in the sport of rugby league until the very end. Sally? All right. Thank you very much, Matt Carmichael, there in Sydney this morning. Well, it seems that supersonic air travel is about to return. A major American airline has placed orders to buy 15 supersonic planes with the promise that passengers can fly from New York to London in less than three and a half hours. David Woodward has more. Good morning. Yes, this is a bold vote of confidence in supersonic travel. A major American airline has now committed big dollars to an unproven and untested new generation of aircraft. In a bid to shake up global travel routes, United Airlines has signed on to buy 15 boom supersonic craft by the end of the decade, with the option of increasing that to 50. Designed to seat up to 88 people, the Overture travels at 1.7 times the speed of sound. It promises to slash travel times Los Angeles to Sydney in just eight hours, New York to London in three hours and 15 minutes. So every seat, you're going to have a large window where you can see the view from 60,000 feet, the curvature of the earth, the sky a deeper blue. Commercial supersonic travel met a fiery end in 2003 when an Air France Concorde crashed, killing all on board. The plane criticised too for being loud and expensive. This next generation, while still in development, claims to be much quieter while still meeting safety and environmental standards. And as for early interest... Particularly, we see strong demand between London Heathrow and New York, 
as soon as this product is available. The craft, though, will remain grounded. Federal regulators are yet to clear the way for takeoff. United hasn't revealed the financial terms of the deal, but has put down a deposit in a show of faith in a plane that won't take passengers until at least 2029. A huge crane has collapsed at a port in Taiwan. Terrified workers have watched on as an 80,000-tonne cargo ship crashed into the port as it was preparing to dock. It struck the crane, which slowly collapsed to the ground. One worker suffered a cut to his arm, but luckily everybody else made it to safety as the crane and shipping containers tumbled down. The wedding dress Princess Diana wore in 1981 is going on display at Kensington Palace in London. Princes William and Harry have given their permission for the dress to be shown to the public. Sarah Greenolch has more. Well, this iconic dress is on display at Kensington Palace, Princess Diana's former home, for the first time in 25 years. It first wowed a global audience of 750 million people at Charles and Diana's wedding in 1981. It was, of course, designed for a princess bride in a decade of power dressing when everything was uh, the bigger the better, and that is certainly the case with this dress. Those sleeves and that train, 7.6 metres long, sequin encrusted. It is all on display to the public until January, along with a handwritten note of thanks written by Princess Diana to the gown's designers, thanking them for their creation. Now, it is being reported the princes William and Harry had to agree to lend their mother's gown to this exhibition, so perhaps a little insight there into what their relationship is like at the moment. Meanwhile, Buckingham Palace has confirmed that the Queen will be meeting President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill when they here in the UK for the G7 Leaders Summit. The meeting will take place next Sunday, the 13th of June. There have been 14 US leaders during the Queen's 69-year reign. President Biden will be the 13th that Her Majesty has met with. Thank you, Sarah. Next in Seven News Sport with Matt Shervington, including a disastrous day for Australia's tennis stars in Paris. Also, an NRL club forced to rethink the axing of a star player following a stellar performance. Good morning. The Dragons are in no rush to reverse their decision on off-contract Matt Dufty despite a career-best performance against the Broncos. The unwanted fullback set up five tries and scored two of his own in the Red V, thumping 52-24 win. He had a really good game, Matt. You know, he, he made the most of 
the opportunities you got. It's not about one game or, or um, you know, a performance. In his return to first grade footy, Jack DeBellin was met with cheers and a standing ovation a week after sexual assault charges against him were dropped. Collingwood players are in hard quarantine ahead of tomorrow's clash with the Crows in Adelaide. The team spent their first night away from family after South Australian government restricted them from leaving home, but they are allowed to train at club headquarters. There's a little bit to do tomorrow morning with testing, but you know the boys are over that. We're ready for it and um, looking forward to the, the challenge of tomorrow afternoon. And the Tigers flew out of Sydney this morning with skipper Trent Cochin on board to Perth ahead of the Dreamtime game tomorrow. Socceroos resumed World Cup qualifying with a 3-0 win over Kuwait. Their first match in more than a year and a half. Captain Matt Leckie took just 55 seconds to put Australia on the scoreboard. The goalkeeper didn't stand a chance. Pinpoint header from the skipper. Another three matches over the next 12 days will determine whether the Socceroos advance to the final stage of the World Cup qualifiers. Adelaide have booked a spot in the A-League finals after a two-all draw against the Wanderers left the Reds hanging on to sixth place. A reckless tackle late in the first half saw Western Sydney reduced to 10 men, allowing Adelaide to stage a fight back. Ash Barty says it's heartbreaking to have pulled out of the French Open. With a heavily strapped thigh, the world number one trailed Polish rival Magda Lynette 6-1, two all before being forced to retire. It's really disappointing, but like I said, we, we've had an exceptional last two, two and a half, three months um, and, you know, a little bit of a, a setback and, and um, what, what happened today and this week here in Paris won't, won't take away from that. Alex Dimonor and James Duckworth were both knocked out in their round two matches, ending Australia's singles hopes in Paris. Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal are through to the next round. The Sydney Kings remain in the NBL finals race, surviving a 79-73 scare from the Illawarra Hawks. Three late three-pointers against the Hawks. Outfit without leading scorer Tyler Harvey sealed the win. Ball movement exquisite from Sydney. Sean Bruce, a dagger. Sydney will need to beat the Brisbane Bullets tomorrow to have any chance of securing a final spot. And Sal, it's coming down to the wire in mm. so many of the sports, the A-League and the NBL as well. Great the to watch. The end of the season at the mm. moment. All right, thanks for that, Matt. Well, Australian ski resorts are celebrating freezing temperatures and a dumping of snow. Perisher in New South Wales has just opened the slopes this morning, a week ahead of schedule. The early start is certainly welcome news after COVID forced the season to be pushed back last year. Speaking of the weather, let's have a look at it. At the moment on the satellite, we have that cold front that has just pushed through the southeast of the country, dropping temperatures through Tasmania, Victoria and New South Wales. Around the capital cities for today, should be mostly sunny in Brisbane, 23 degrees. A late shower possible for Sydney, 20. Fog then sunny in Canberra, 15 degrees. Clearing showers in Melbourne, 14. Also clearing showers in Hobart, 11 the top today. A shower or two in Adelaide today, 17 degrees, mostly fine on the west coast in Perth, a top of 21 degrees, and plenty of sunshine in Darwin, a top of 32 today. And that's 7 News for now. We'll keep you up to date throughout the day. Our next major bulletin is at 4pm. I'm Sally Barry. Thanks for your company. Have a good day.